Welcome back, folks, to another soul-driven interview. What is up and happy December. I'm really excited to introduce you to today's guest and just kind of share a sort of a different type of interview with you. I was so thankful that he, our guest, Clay Hodges, allowed me to dig into some vulnerable and sensitive subjects that I think all of us deal with on some level, and that's addiction. But before I really kind of um, talk about him and introduce him to you, I have a couple of announcements. So first, we're like one week into December. We've made it through the solar eclipse. But the deal is is that this energy is going to be with us for several more months. It's not over yet. And if you're finding yourself in the midst of some really, mm, I don't know, kind of like in-your-face topics that are just really making you second-guess different things in your life, If you're feeling uncomfortable, if you're feeling irritated and agitated, because there's a lot of astrological energy that's lending itself to that at this time, and that's only going to increase as we're kind of going through the month, don't forget about the spiritual toolkit resources list that I created for you to help you. You can find it on my website, onahendrix.com. There are links in the show notes. Um, It's also episode 86 if you want to kind of listen to it and see if it's something that resonates with you. I go over very high level what's on that list because it is a large list. (laughs) It has a lot of different resources on it, but I created it that way because, you know, different things resonate with different people. And sometimes something that we really love and that works great for us shifts and changes because we shift and change. And so we we need something new to replace it with. So don't forget about that resource list. You know, these are the times when having a spiritual practice is so important. And I believe that that time is always. But, you know, if you've been listening to this show, the records have really been channeling through for several months now about the importance of really leaning into a spiritual practice, a daily spiritual practice that looks different for all of us. It's, uh, you know, it is what it is. And, um, And so if you haven't jumped on board with that, or if you're still kind of looking to figure out what you want to include in that time, this resource list is a great way to do that. So make sure to check it out if you haven't already. Um, The second thing is, don't forget that during December, I extended my newsletter promotion for the month of December to you, my sweet listener, (laughs) and anyone else to get 15% off Akashic Record readings. So you can do the three-question audio reading or either the 60-minute or 90-minute video readings with me, which are one-on-one. This is a beautiful opportunity to dive into the records if it's something that you've been curious about. If you're finding yourself in the midst of a lot of transition, if you're stuck, 
if you're having issues with your relationship, you know, relationships are like the number one thing that folks come to me wanting to know about. And why shouldn't they be, right? Life is relationships and life is empty without relationships. So totally understandable. But, you know, outside of those things, you can find out, you know, things like how you can create more joy or peace in your life, how you can move on from something. You know, maybe if there's a new career or a new job that you're wanting clarification about, um, you know, if you are wanting to uncover what your purpose is, if you're finding yourself getting really stuck in the same sort of thinking patterns, right? If you're seeing yourself being held back by different behaviors, uh, we can talk about all different kinds of things in the Akashic Records. And what I really like to refer to the records are, is, or is, are, is. <laughs> you can just always ignore my bad grammar when I'm talking because I get excited and that's just how it goes. But, um, you know, they're soul readings. They go right down to the root of whatever it is that's going on with us. And what's really beautiful is... I always share this with new clients specifically. It's like, even if you aren't completely sure about what to focus on, or maybe because there's so much to focus on, the records are going to give you exactly what you need at that moment. So you can check those readings out. The link is in the show notes. Um, and just use the code THANKFUL at checkout. Okay, and then really the last thing is my Akashic Record Workshop is sold out. I'm so excited to meet everyone who's signed up. I am really passionate not only about doing Akashic Record readings for folks, but empowering others to learn how to do this for themselves. I think it's such, you know, the Akashic Records have changed my life completely. They have brought things into my life that I had only dreamed of. I have experienced healing. I have experienced heart opening. I have, it is such a pleasure and an honor to read for every person. And I'm so thankful for that assistance in my own personal life as well. So even if you weren't able to join this Akashic Record Workshop, make sure there's a link in the show notes. Again, you can join the waiting list and that will enable you to have first access to the next workshop. It doesn't cost anything and of course there's no commitment, but I am keeping this workshop small because it's a very interactive workshop and I want everyone to have personal attention. We really spend, it's a, it's a two-hour workshop, we spend the time exploring what are the Akashic Records guidelines for reading inside of them, and then everyone gets to go into their own records, and you walk away with the tools to begin reading the records on your own. It is an introductory course, but man, you, you get the goods. So if that is something that you're interested in, again, check out the link in the show notes, Make sure that you add your uh, name and email to the waiting list and yeah, you'll find out exactly when that next one goes live, which will probably be in January. Um, okay, so enough for the announcements. 
you know, just thank you so much for being here. I didn't say that at first. <laughs> I try to really always remember that. Um, but thank you. Thank you for being here. I'm always just, it's like, it's so funny to me. I was working with a Akashic client this past week and she was like, you know, I listen to you all the time. It's so strange to feel like I know you and then I see you, you know, in this reading and like, you don't really know me. <laughs> um, and yeah, here I am recording on this end of the line and I don't get to see your beautiful face, but I'm still so thankful that you're here. So today we are meeting Clay Hodges. Now I have to tell you, you know, the thing is, is when it comes to interviews and interviewing people on this podcast, it's so important to me to really connect with and identify people who are living a soul-driven life. And that looks a number of different ways for a number of different people. And I have a lot of like practitioners and, and healing, you know, folks who uh, specialize in different healing modalities and things like that. Um, but it's also really important for me to just share incredible stories of transformation for just, you know, our, our, our folks, I want to say our everyday folks when we're, we're all the same, but, you know, people who have gone through such incredible difficulties in their lives to me are just, they're just true heroes. You know, it's like, when it comes to life, we all go through different difficult things. We are all faced with a wide array of choices to make in our life. And some of us come out the other side and some of us do not. And while I love talking about modalities and these sorts of things, it's so important to me to also have very real life stories of folks who have completely turned their life around and are, no, and are now dedicating their lives to other people. Clay is certainly one of these people. He's so full of energy. He's so passionate. <laughs> and you'll hear it in this interview um, that he's just, I mean, it's just overflowing in him. And hes he has such an interesting story. So Clay Hodges, he's an entrepreneur. He's a, a financial trader. He's a yogi. And um, he overcame multiple overdoses, near-death experiences, and he really uses spirituality and mindfulness uh, to, to teach other people how to find freedom, find financial freedom by helping them like guide their way through the markets. But it's really all about developing a healthy mindset and positive work ethic. So if you're not really into financial markets and trading and all of that stuff, not a problem. Because the thing is, is that this interview is very much about someone who transformed their life, someone who chose something different. And it's about addiction. And addiction touches every one of us, whether it's something we personally experience or we experience someone close to us. And it doesn't have to be drugs and alcohol, right? It can be an obsession with dieting and fitness. It can be emotional eating. It can be an obsession with uh, or an addiction to shopping or watching TV or, you know what I mean? There's a number of ways that addiction shows up in our lives. 
And I think it's especially prevalent right now because life is hard and we're all looking for different ways to numb out. And numbing out leads to addiction in a different, in a wide array of paths. Hopefully that makes sense. (laughs) Either way, I'm very excited to introduce you to Clay. I hope you enjoy this interview and Again, thank you for being here. I'll see you on the other side. Welcome to the Soul Driven Podcast. I believe that when we invest in ourselves, the world benefits. If you are searching for meaning and purpose, if you are unsure about how to combine the spiritual with the everyday, if you are ready to uncover who you truly are, then you've come to the right place. The Soul Driven Podcast is dedicated to exploring the intersection of living a soulful and spiritual life in a driven and ambitious world. Join me for practical guidance, truthful discussions, and interviews with people who are successfully living a soul-driven life. My name is Anna Hendricks, spiritual guide, marketer, and your host. Thank you for being here. Welcome back, folks, and thank you for joining for another Soul Driven interview. I'm so excited today to introduce you to Clay Hodges, an entrepreneur, trader, yogi, and founder of Ronin Forex Group. After multiple overdoses and near-death experiences, Clay has used spirituality and mindfulness to learn finance and overcome severe drug addiction. Now Clay helps other people find freedom in their life by guiding them on their way around the markets through developing a healthy mindset and positive work ethic. Welcome to the show, Clay. And thanks for having me. <laughs> Crush the intro. I just like got like my hair in my mouth while I was <laughs> Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Um, yes. Well, thanks so much for joining us. I am super pumped to just kind of jump into everything today, but I always start with my question for each guest, what makes you soul driven? Uh, what makes me soul driven? Uh, man, it's the only way to be. I'm only happy when I'm soul driven. When I'm not soul driven and when I'm clay driven, dude, everything's go, everything goes out the window. It just like clay driven just messes things up for sure. <laughs> so uh, soul driven is the only way to be really, if we can tap into that, then that's where, you know, we, at least I know that everything's going to be all right. If I'm coming from the soul driven place, when I'm coming from clay driven place, that's when I'm like thinking too much and, you know, just either off and left field or just super lazy. It's one or the other soul driven just keeps me going. It keeps me uh, online, you know, and when I'm soul driven, I, I know where to go. And I can be tapped into that conscience and that, you know, that, that inner voice, that inner guidance, the, uh, that really just guides, guides me and just have faith. And I can, it's much easier to have faith being soul driven. So how do I stay that way? You know, uh, that's, that's a different question, I guess, but. The, the daily, daily path. I love how you put that though, like soul driven or clay driven. I think that's a really very practical way of looking at that difference. You know, I think that sometimes when people hear soul driven, especially if they aren't necessarily like don't consider themselves to be a spiritual person, they think like soul driven, like what, 
that sounds kind of really large and vague and, you know, like maybe super religious or something. Right. But, but when you put it in context, like soul driven versus clay driven, it's very easy because I think everyone can relate to that. Right. Like knowing when that ego is taking over and it's driving the car and it's like making the decisions um, versus like being in that flow with life, you know, where things are easy and they feel good and, you know, you're living from the heart versus. Yeah. So soul driven, it's easy for somebody to be like, ah, oh God, get out of here with that new age stuff. But really soul, soul driven, clay driven, like clay driven, like, uh, I'll just make up my bed later or, you know, I'll just, uh, not fold these clothes or just like whatever, like, you know, clay, dri clay driven could be anything that's just like not in my best interest and really just, when I know that, yeah, make the bed, just be nice, take some, pay, take some pride in what it is that I'm doing in this gift of a life that we have. And, but yeah, clay driven, you know, drives too fast to traffic or is late, <laughs> which, which I guess I was clay driven showing up to this podcast and getting here on time. All right. Well, I'll just be accountable for that. You were like four minutes late. That doesn't really count. Well, yeah, but uh, soul driven clay is like, dude, you got to be accountable four minutes is still four minutes. So, yeah. Well, I yeah. think also though, like being soul driven is having compassion for ourselves when we are late. Right. Yeah. Being yeah. Like, it's okay. It's all right. I did my best. <laughs> well, I don't know, but that's a gray area. Cause then it could be like clay driven disguised as soul driven, trying to rationalize myself into uh, like, so clay driven could be like, it's only an oatmeal raisin cookie. <laughs> yeah but, but really it's but like those are, the uh, best. I mean, those are my favorite you too <laughs> those are my actually those are my favorite I feel like I'm like an old grandpa when I'm like oh, I'll have the oatmeal race <laughs> but like yeah yeah so well but I feel like I mean the thing is like you know what your intention is right and I think that that's really what at least for me, helps delineate the difference between being on a driven or soul driven, you know, is like, did I tell myself I could kind of like get away with this, you know, that I didn't really need to do that thing or be on time or whatever the case may be. Um, or was it just like, I got caught up and I got lost, but I really intended on being here. And right. so then I can kind of give myself some compassion. You know what I mean? For sure. Um, so, but yeah, I love, I like that difference. Um, cause I, again, I feel like it just brings it down to the practical. So I want to dive like right in. We have a lot to talk about. Um, I like starting with backgrounds and I feel like there's so much to unpack with yours. So first of all, um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? And then I would also like to know, you know, as I shared again, just for folks who may not have been listening, um, Clay has a background, um, multiple overdoses, near-death experiences. And so I'm very curious to know a bit about like where you're from and what was it that like led you to addiction? Right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, just like without going too much in like a chronological story about what it is or me or just like, you know, uh, how well I grew up I grew up in Kentucky right in rural Kentucky but like instead of just making a chronological order because we'd probably be here for like two or three days <laughs> and the the thing is is like 
with that intro and the way you're saying it too, it's like almost like this is like a special thing. I, it's definitely special. And a lot of grace came into my life to like save me for, for whatever reason, rather than the, I don't know, like, I think it's like 80,000, 90,000 people that have died of overdoses this year. There's no like disputing that fact. It's not like, uh, that's like, you could call anything, uh, you know, that is a, a true epidemic pandemic. You know, I'm not saying anything isn't or is or isn't, but that nobody talks about that. And it's almost like a term too, because people have been like, uh, it gets thrown ar around in the news cycle quite a bit. Like, the, Oh, the opioid epidemic or the, we're hearing a lot about heroin, fentanyl, all the stuff that's happening right now. And like, for me, it's not like super blessed, super lucky, super, you know, whatever. The fact that I could come on here and kind of tell my story and be like, it's okay to go through that. And, you know, if you're going through it for two, there's like, <clears throat> you can get to the other side when it feels like, what's the point? I were like, you know, I, I've been there for sure. And I think one of the reasons I decided to like, just come out and start talking about this kind of thing more is because now like everybody, uh, you know, has either a brother or a dad or like a cousin or uncle or, you know, a friend who's, you know, their, their son like died of an overdose. It's not like it's that exotic of a thing. It's just like, or, you know, you're have a cabinet full of pills, you know, which that's where, where it kind of started. That is where it started with me in Kentucky and growing up and it's pretty rural area and pain clinics were everywhere in like the late nineties, early two thousands when I was in high school. And so <clears throat> that was kind of like the no norm, you know, it wasn't like I was doing heroin and stuff like right off the bat, but it was pills were super excited, which I think now it's like, that is what like the, you know, I hate to say the kids or whatever, but that is because there's so much heroin and fentanyl now that, you know, it's not an, because I, I did, I have a friend who works in the recovery field and I'm like super, I used to teach yoga at one at a, a treatment center, one that I actually went to. And so like, it's pretty crazy how younger people are getting when they come into treatment and how fast that they move to something like, you know, shooting dope, right? So, and for me though, it started and I was in high school and Oxycontins were like, you know, pretty normal Xanax, like, you know, because there's pain clinics everywhere with like, uh, you know, cash doctors where you come in and it would just set up to just like be just a cash cow for pharmaceutical companies and doctors that were in on it. And a lot of people, uh, got hooked and are still hooked on that. And a lot of people died, <clears throat> you know, and that's just the way it is. And a lot of people are still dying from that. And sorry. No, you're fine. You're fine. So for you, it was something that like you just kind of came into in it, high school. Just yeah. So, but it, it was normal. Available. It was like yeah. I mean, it was like uh, no. For one, nobody knew really what those were and how bad they were. Like how strong they were, and it was just like that was around. And I just kind of wanted to be cool. And I was like, you know, started smoking weed, and then like, uh, oh, cool. I'll try try some of that. And then it's not like. It's it's not like that all of a sudden I was just like downhill from there. Like, you know, this whole journey at first was was fun. And it was, you know, for me, it's kind of what everybody did. At least it seemed like 
You so know, let so. me let me ask you this because I kind of grew up in like a rural um, town as well, and I felt like, I mean, you know, when I was, I started drinking when I was young. Pills were never much of a thing for me. I was always trying to get high, like get up, like be like more excitable, more whatever. Um, right. I have ADHD, and so I'm always a little bit got a little bit of like endemia, which is like a low grade kind of chronic depression. So I was so never. Were you taking Adderall? To, no, no. I mean, this was you know, but like when I found alcohol and those kinds of things, like for me it made life more bearable in this small mm. town. I, f- I was bored, quite frankly. And I mean, like, we would go out, you know, it was in the mountains, so we would go out and do all kinds of things outdoors, but, like, it just felt like it was a crutch because there wasn't enough to challenge us. I felt like everyone was just kind of going at the same pace, doing the same things, you know, we were going to go to high school and then go to college and then get married or maybe even not go to college and just get married. You know, it was like there was this path through life that we were seeing that was very narrow. And I felt like a lot of, I know for myself, I think I enjoyed these things because it like, it freshened things up. Like it made it a bit spicier, more interesting. Do you, do you think that that was similar for you? (laughs) Oh yeah. I mean, it spiced things up for sure. (laughs) But like uh, the first thing that I thought of is like, you know, it's, it's, no different now for people that it doesn't matter what it is they're using like it's just something to spice things up because their life is they you know I was under the impression that like yeah but I was super young right I was like I didn't have any really self-awareness or you know that part of me wasn't being fostered so I would be able to tap into that and so yeah I mean of course you know I, I drank because like oh man I feel at first, really, ultimately, is because I didn't feel okay with myself for whatever reason. And so it made it so like drinking and drugs, so I could kind of fit in and then like kind of build this whole identity around that. And then that became kind of who I was, not really kind of who, but it became who I was and what I did. And it was like also uh, gave me confidence in a way, of course, at least when I was doing those things. And that I got wrapped up in that like identity until, you know, it spiraled out of control and almost killed me. So, I mean, do people do that now with something that would be, you know, conceivably less harmful? Sure. You know, like building their identities around some sort of political belief or some sort of, uh, you know, food or craft beer, you know, and then it's like, you're like, oh man, I'm just getting this new craft beer. Uh, like, six pack, but it's 24% alcohol. And I drink like six of these in the weekend. So it's easy to deceive ourselves with our identity. But really what I was doing for a long time was just running away from the, the real, like the life source that was inside of me, like telling me like, Hey, you can do more. There's so much more to life. You know, we're not as children, you know, we're not, but that side of us isn't fostered because we are conditioned with the belief of school job, get married, kids, especially, you know, you're in North Carolina, pretty similar to uh, Kentucky and Tennessee, the uh, mindset there. And it's, it's, it's great, you know, but at the time, it's just what, what people did. And like that, like those substances, of course, I, I got an affinity for it really fast. 
but it became super uh, normalized. So later on down the road, when I uh, gotten into a car wreck and hurt my back and then got, you know, prescribed things myself and the ability to go, you know, I just, of course, like, once I found out how easy it was, like, then I was just getting scripts and like selling them and, and doing them. And like, uh, do you think that you have like a, an addictive personality or do you think that it was more of like a internal conflict that led to, to the addiction? Uh, let's see. I mean, both for sure. I mean, I definitely have an addictive personality, but what does that even mean? really like what does an addictive person like so i i i'm the type of guy though that like whatever it is i'm going to go all out like for better or worse whether it's you know but i i think everybody has that in them the ability to go all in on things you know but like so it's either there's a lot of fear there uh <clears throat> i think it's a great question like what is an addictive personality that's a great I mean, I, in, in a way that kind of sounds like a cop out for me to be like, you know what? It's bad, but I have an addictive personality. The thing is, is like, uh, you know, that could, and I, I like, I'm not saying that in type in terms of like, that's like a, a norm almost for people like to be like, okay, well, Johnny has an addictive personality. He's going to be, be uh, in trouble. Well, really, Johnny doesn't have the things to stimulate him in a positive way that he could put it that creative force and like really create something huge for themselves. So like, I think that we have this massive well of energy inside of us that's creative energy and not like creative, like uh, painting that could be an outlet for that, but from the, the creator, from the creative source, from the universe, the same energy that's like, you know, cells are dying in me and then they're being recreated and everything's working in this huge, like mind boggling organism. So I can even like say these sentences. It's such a huge source of energy and it's the same energy that's, you know, uh, fueling the sun out there feeling the air, feeling the grass, the waters, making them move. We have that same creative force in us. Now, when that gets like uh, off in a certain way, or, you know, it's could be intimidating. Like, man, I, you know, when you're kids, when we were kids, we dream about all these things that we think we could be. And we we're like, man, that would be cool. And like our imagination's going wild. And it's, the universe telling us like, you know, this source inside of us that, you know, anything is possible, really, you can do anything with by tapping into this, this uh, energetic thing that I don't know what it is really, to be honest. But uh, now, if that like, it's that same when we we're talking about clay driven or soul driven, that's the same soul driven source that's inside of us. And when I'm tapped into that source, you know, things are effortless, right? Like, you know, I can come on here, I can just share my story, I can really give uh, as much of myself, be of service, help you, help your listeners, and then go on and just like, after, like I said, I was going to go to yoga class after this, like go all in and really be as present as possible as that, and keep stacking wins and actually creating something in my life tapped into that. Now, uh, the clay-driven clay side, <clears throat> is the same one that's going to be like, you know, oh man, all this stuff is stressful. We got such a big, big schedule today. And like, man, you know, like it'd be just a lot easier at the end of the night to like 
pop a Valium or take a Xanax because you just want to, I just want to get a good night's sleep, you know, and trust me, I do, but I trust, I actually sleep way better than without that stuff. Right. Like, but that's the same voice that's going to say that. And then it's going to be like, ah, clay driven side. You did pop that Xanax and God, that was pretty nice. And so then it's just like clay driven side just takes over, takes over and spirals out of control to where like the point where uh, I couldn't even tap into my soul driven side. I, it was there and it was just calling me just like, what are you doing? You so much better. And, you know, it got to the point where I had to just shoot dope and take pills just to not even hear it anymore, just to drown it out. Same reason somebody's going to watch like 11 episodes of a Netflix thing, you know, over the course of a Saturday, right? Because it's like, this is going to at least take me out of myself and what I've got going on. But really what it is we have going on is this creative force that's within us. And this one thing that we have, which is just an, um, a miraculous thing creating itself. Life is just a miraculous phenomenon that's creating itself over and over and over again. There is no time. There is no beginning or end. It's just creation, just always pushing us. And we're just a part of it as it's unfolded, you know? So if we could tap into that, that would be the soul driven uh, source that is, man, a source of just unbelievable strength and, and power. But I went a little bit off, off, uh, in left field on that, but the, to, to bring it back, you know, drugs and alcohol were just something because like at the time I had, I had this imagination, this everything going on and I was a kid and I was young and it was there. And I was like, and I felt uncomfortable in my own skin, which like, had I had, had the right environment to uh, really nurture that and to like, uh, not just be pushed into school and pushed into these things, all these things that I didn't want to do, but really if I was nurtured in a way that's like, you know, really uh, that creative force could really be given the environment to blossom at a young, at a young age, you know? Uh, and it's not like it was a, my parents or anything. I had a great family. I have a great family. It was just the society that's like school, first grade, second grade, just dangle the carrot as you go. And I was just like, then what am I even doing here? You know, I mean, I was just doing what I was supposed to do. And that was like, and, and the next thing you know, I'm like taking acid. I'm like, whoa, okay, cool. I can actually like, you know, this whole thing just opens up for me, whether it's weed, whether it's whatever, just, I just use that as an example. Uh, but, and eventually that was like the clay driven side of me just completely uh, almost over. destroyed me. Yeah, I took, um, in 2019, I took like a year off of drinking. Uh, I just, I did like a 90 day no drinking challenge with friends and it, it was, it was so huge, um, that I ex ended up extending it to a year. Um, <clears throat> it's awesome. And I wasn't, you know, I wasn't an alcoholic, um, but I definitely, have always had like an unhealthy relationship with alcohol. And I think kind of what you're talking to in regards to it being that numbing agent for a number of things. Um, but two really huge things came out of that time period. The first one that I like realized the first month was I thought alcohol made my life more interesting, but it actually, it stole my life from me. 
Um, and the second thing was just, uh, and it really, I mean, it's, it's still unfolding for me. I'm still seeing this. I'm still like fully coming to understand this. I had written a blog about it, but I think that we are all on this hunt for spirituality, for potentially that creative force that you're talking about, that connection, that, um, that meeting place. And I think that drugs and alcohol numbing out in other ways, but especially I think there's something really about drugs and alcohol that allow us to like tap in just like a little bit to what it could possibly be. And that's what kind of keeps coming back, like what we keep coming back for in hopes of finding that thing. And so until we actually are able to not only tap into that creative energy on our own, um, but be able to merge that, I think with our spiritual self, you know, it's, we're, we're hungry. We're totally hungry. And so we're looking to feed that, that our spirit because our spirit knows who it is. Our spirit knows it's like infinite, you know, and that's a scary thing in a body. I think that's a scary thing for a young person. I think what you kind of tapped on, like, when you said, here I am young and I've got all of this energy, this creative energy, and I'm, I'm having to do all these things I don't want to do. You know, it's just like, I had this whole sort of like vision pop up when you said this of like raising a child and allowing them to follow those impulses instead of being like, no, 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 you've got to go to elementary school and the middle school and high school and like right. learn all these subjects that you could care less about. Yeah, yeah. No, because, no, I I you think know, you need like, to be filling out the Scantron about, you know, Magellan <laughs> and Christopher, these history events that may or may not have even happened. Well, know? I mean, it's just, you know, I barely made it through high school because I just kind of refused to go. It was like, these are not things that I'm going to be able to utilize in real life. And um, my principal couldn't argue with me. <laughs> he was just like, well, yeah, you know, but like, why would we need drugs and alcohol if we were able to fully tap into that spiritual part of ourselves? I just don't believe that we would because I mean, I don't know about you, but like, I mean, I call coming out of yoga class, like yoga, being yoga drunk, you know, it's like that high that there is no hangover from there. There is no shame. There is no, you know, it's, it's you connecting with you. Right. And there's nothing, there's no drug and alcohol out there that can actually do that for you. And so being able to make, until we make that switch, I don't, I think we're always going back and we're always looking for things, you know, to, to fill that void, to, to help us tap into something that's greater. Well, the flip side of that is like every uh, influence that's coming at us, like from every angle is not very few unless you're really starting to find some, you know, and follow some, like, unless you're an entrepreneur and you're on the entrepreneurial journey and realize that uh, this, the journey of self-discovery to be a better entrepreneur is actually the journey of self-discovery and finding yourself anyways. Um, unless you go on that journey, which is what's so cool about and amazing about <clears throat> living with a purpose and figuring out what it is that you want and going after it. Unless you do that, then that flip side of that is, you know, it's just going to be hit with mindless entertainment and, uh, you know, celebrities and politics and, you know, all the things that are just going to be a, just take us away from the best version of ourselves. So, 
Yeah. You know, Absolutely. for me, for me, drugs and alcohol were just like, awesome. I'm doing this now. Right. Because, well, and, and then I was like going, and then I was like going to festivals and music concerts. I was like, whoa, this is amazing. I'm going to just like, this is all I'm going to do. And for a while, that's all I did, but like, and it was fun for a while. And then eventually it, it wasn't fun. And you know, all the party had stopped, but like I couldn't. And that's like a big fast forward into if I could just sum it up, you know. So what do you think, what was it that actually helped you to change directions? Uh, man, you know, I mean, like the, there was no consequence big enough that could stop me, you know, unless I <laughs> Well, I'm I'm just being true, you know. No, no, no. I, I'm I 100% believe you. Right. <laughs> in our, well, in our discussion, mean, like before we started recording, and even in this discussion, like you, you are clearly someone who was like turned on. Like you are alive. You are like you're in it. You're down. You're going. You're you know 100 right. miles per hour. Like that's you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks. Thanks for better or worse. But I mean, like. You know, I could well. So, like the the thought process before I answered that question was like, uh, you know, I could I could talk about you know this incident and this one and this one and there's too many to we'd have time to talk through and they're traumatic and you know very uh, you know jail car wrecks hospital getting beat up getting like you know my family wouldn't talk to me just bottom after bottom after bottom being dope sick for like you know literally like a decade on and off, you know, I'd get clean for a little bit and then I wouldn't. And then I'd, I'd be sick and desperate. And so like, but the thing is, is if, if, and it, I, I wanted to say that there's no consequence big enough uh, for anybody that is listening, that might be there be like, maybe they've had a few co consequences or maybe a DUI or a couple of DUIs or, you know, a huge argument with a spouse that you were like, you know, things got out of control, whatever it is, you know, your bottom's where you decide to stop digging for one, like, and two, the only real, uh, man, I just, for, you know, grace came into my life, like in just a way that, you know, uh, super blessed, but it's not like I'm blessed in that regard. You know, it, it happens daily to us and, you know, we just decide if you actually listen to it or not, which is, I guess the soul driven, one but like uh did you have like it, one bottomed out event or was it a multitude that just kind of kept coming yeah yeah so like you know one of you know the biggest part was like you know the biggest bottom that i had without i mean they're all it's eventually you get to a place where you're just spiritually bankrupt and like you can't even like you don't want to you don't want to you don't want to live you don't want to die uh, you know, you don't know who you are. You're in a room by yourself. And like, I remember thinking like, man, even these like walls don't want to, don't want to, don't want to look at me. And I don't want to look at them. If I could, if that could like sum, sum it up a little bit, you know, I try to have a drink and then the drink doesn't work, try to have a drug and they don't work. And like, and, and life just doesn't work, you know, but like, uh, were you a functioning <clears throat> addict or no? For a while. Yeah. For a while. Yes. and No. I mean, like, 
Like able to hold and, down a job and participate in yeah, but I was like normal society. <laughs> well, I mean, I was a ski instructor and a fly fishing guide, so oh, like okay. I, I don't know. So <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, they were awesome jobs, but then I eventually got fired from those, right? So like, um, and a big part of the culture there was like drinking and partying and all that, and um, and you know that's still like kind of me being an entrepreneur. Like at least I can like go here and get clients and like talked with people and like help. And I, I love teaching people always have, uh, but you know, that I had, I was clean for a while. I'd been in and out, you know, had some sobriety. I was in Colorado. I was living in a super small ski town and the, the girlfriend I had at the time, uh, we, she had cheated on me and it was just like an unhealthy relationship and I was crushed. And I don't say that in like, uh, like a, from a victim consciousness, like, ah, no, you know, it was actually the best thing that ever could have happened to me. Uh, but you know, at the sure time, hurt. I, but, oh, at the time I was devastated at the time yeah. I, it, my, my heart was broken. Right. I, I had in retrospect, I'd built an, a whole identity around, you know, this relationship and like this girl and like her son that I, you know, really loved. And like, I was like, okay. So like, I'm, I'm her boyfriend. She's my girlfriend. We're like, have this thing. We, this is our place. Uh, you know, and it wasn't like that I have my life, she has her life and we have this partnership. My, who I was, was wrapped up into the, in this relationship, which, you know, I guess you would call it is code the definition of codependency, <laughs> <laughs> which I'm sure we can, most of us can relate to that. So when that ended, I was just completely devastated, started drinking, you know, I had to move out. Like I, I, you know, she had cheated on me too. I was like this, you know, I I left, it was this huge thing. And then, but, and then I ended up, I'm like sleeping on the floor at, you know, my friend who's another fishing guide. And next thing you know, I'm sleeping on an air mattress again. I'm out, you know, on the old blow up air mattress. I don't know if anybody knows that, you know, three in the morning, you got to, pump it back up again. And you're kind of like laying on the floor, the worst, there's no way not to be depressed in that situation. So like, you know, so I just kept drinking and then eventually lost my job at the, at the fly shop where, you know, where as a fishing guide and just kind of carried on, uh, ski season started not too long after that. So I was like, all right, it'll be good. I'll be up on the mountain. I'll be skiing every day. Uh, but really, you know, which is what I, I love to do that. But, you know, eventually I was more just about numbing myself, you know, drinking or doing whatever I could to just like delay the inevitable, which was going to be a huge episode. And uh, it turned out that's what happened. You know, like we think that, you know, we'll be able to control it or uh, it's going to be different this time. But, you know, we keep looking for happiness in the same places that we lose it and going back there. You know, it doesn't have to be my story, but we think it's going to be different this time. We're going to go back with that person. And, you know, but we forget about all the times that we are completely destroyed about it. Or, you know, we like we'll go to this bar, whatever the situation is, the places where we get most devastated if we don't internalize and actually grow from the experience we end up going back there. And that's exactly what I did. Uh, so eventually, you know, I ended up at a bar and she was there and like, she led me outside 
And the dude that she was with, which was another dude that like she had cheated on the guy she cheated on me with on this guy, apparently. So I really like dodged a bullet. But at the time, <laughs> uh, I went out there trying to follow, follow her and like fix things. And then the dude she was with jumped me, broke my nose in front, like shattered my face in in front of like the whole town of what felt like the whole town is two in the morning. But it's like this one bar on the strip and everybody's outside. And, you know, <clears throat> I was beat unconscious, loaded onto uh, loaded onto an ambulance. And, you know, once I came to, they were like, you know, if, it, if it's OK with you, we're going to uh, give you this narcotic called fentanyl. And I hadn't had any opiates for a long time. And then, of course, you know, I was like, please, God, it, you know, if you think that's going to help, I like acted like I didn't know what it was. And uh, and of course, you know. Two days later, I got out of the hospital and then like uh, the next day I found uh, the dope man in one town over and uh, like I'm like using dope again felt like the phantom of the opera or like the hunchback of Notre Dame. Like my, I had like broken nose, my two, my two eyes, you know, had like raccoon eyes and my face was super swollen. And, you know, it was the winter It's like four, you know, zero degrees February. And I couldn't even like go out during the day because I was just disfigured. And, uh, and so like, of course I started doing dope again. What else would I do? Like, be like, okay, well, that sucked. I better get my stuff together. You would think a normal person would say that, but really, uh, I just numbed the pain. Of course, I was, you know, in physical pain, just excruciating. And, uh, but the emotional and spiritual pain was infinitely worse. And so ended up, uh, overdosing one night in a uh, Walmart bathroom, which is super classy. And uh, like, you know, they found me on the floor and like uh, took me to jail. And then I got out, went, <clears throat> went, went home, went to treatment and then was like, you know what? I was clean. I was feeling good. I've been clean before. It's like, I know what to do. Uh, but I do want to, I want to go back out there. I want to like ski season. I want to get my job back and kind of like, for me, like show everybody that I can handle this and I'll be all right, that I can be clean. And I uh, went back out there and, you know, was out there for about, about a week and almost, and overdosed again. And this time I was like dead for like, you know, 40 minutes. And they kept reviving me and I'd come to and like go back out. And yeah. And so like, then it was just like, you know, no matter what I did to pacify the way I was feeling, something horrible would happen. And I got to the place where I had no, I just had no choice, whether just to keep, keep going to the bitter end or, you know, best case scenario, end up in like prison or something. And uh, <clears throat> so, yeah. And it was just like the gift of desperation. Did you have any sort of um, like, experiences in the midst of that like you know near death when you were in and out yeah i mean uh do you remember like, anything yes and no i mean when i when i that last time uh, i did my shot and my friend was looking at me and i was like it just like faded out like you know like the old television screens 
like just just like fizzled out and he's like was coming up up to over to me like oh shit dude are you okay and then that that was it and it was just kind of like i was just in and out but you know so that's a pretty intense story thank you for sharing. yeah that's the uh, (laughs) g-rated version yeah i'm sure (laughs) no and the and the abridged version but yeah and so that was like you know but whatever it is like if somebody's listening it's like uh I've been there, man. And like, I would just, uh, there's no shame in having a story. And the fact is, is that we all have a story to share and it could help somebody else and getting the courage, which you already have to share it and to be open and be like, you know, I would share that story with somebody else who's been through it. And they'd be like, ah, yeah, dude, that, that sucked. Huh? How many times they hit you with Narcan? Only two, huh? Man. So like, we can find some common and I'm sure you have some stuff too. And like that we could find some co- common ground about that. It's like only then can we actually real make, really make a connection with somebody. I'm really like, uh, it doesn't for one, like whatever judgment, like what, can, I don't care what you think. I don't care what somebody thinks about anything because that's where I've been. And that's actually like helps me in the entrepreneurial journey because I've embraced that side of me the shadow self the clay driven self and actually learn to uh, function with it you know most of the time i don't think i mean the thing is is um i don't know if you know who joyce meyer is uh joyce meyer yeah she's like a female uh preacher kind of yeah kind of <laughs> she, she, like, she would be like, like jo- no but yes but yes. kind of like joel she, she's like like joel osteen they're kind of like boys right homies Maybe. Yeah. Um, she's like, yeah. And anyway, I won't go off on that, but right, right, she right, always, right. she always said, um, uh, my mess, your miracle, you know? Yeah. And I think that that's absolutely what every story is. You know, I just don't think that, um, there should ever be any room for judgment when we're hearing people's stories, no matter how messy it is, no matter what it is that happened. I mean, I believe everything happens for our benefit and everything <laughs> isn't always nice and pretty and light and love and all of that crap. You know, I mean, the majority of us really have to go through it in order to wake up, really have to experience pain in order to decide what it is that we really want we have to fight for it. You know, we have to fight for our life. And I think that we all do that in different ways. And I don't think that there's any one better or worse way to go about it. You know, it's just yeah, not. And ultimate, ultimately, I, uh, I put myself in that situation. So well, for like, sure. It, for sure. You know, like, but like, how much experience, you know, the thing is, is like how much experience and compassion it gives you when it comes to everyone else that you come across in your own path and in your life, you know, I mean, that's just enormous because people who don't go through things like that, who don't find themselves in messy situations or in places where like, you know, they have no self-respect. They don't, they don't understand other people who trip up and fall. You know, they don't have that wherewithal and then they don't have that ability to connect. And because of your story, you have this, enormous ability to connect with people from all walks of life. Well, uh, yeah, thank you for one. And, and two, I think anybody that would hear that and be like, ah, man, I just can't relate. You know, 
they may or may not be completely honest with themselves about their own shortcomings. So like for me, it's, I had to go down that road. I didn't have to, but maybe I did, who knows, but like uh, to kind of have a certain awakening. But, you know, if, if you're like, man, I looking at yourself in the mirror and you're you know, super overweight, but you've never, you know, you've never taken a drug before and you hear a story like mine and you're like, oh man, I just can't relate. But what it is that your, your biggest and, you know, the thing that's calling out to you the most is right in front of our faces. Or, you know, maybe you don't spend enough time with your kids or then there's a, there's a super issue with selfishness and or self-centeredness or whatever it is. <clears throat> I guarantee unwrapping that stuff and actually trying to get to the heart of it would be a painful journey. Would it be at total? Would it be completely worth it? 100%. But it's like, becoming completely honest with ourselves that like, man, I, I have some things to work on, you know, and you don't have to be at like beating yourself up about it, even though, look, I've been the king of that for sure. Uh, but you know, having the compassion and stuff that we were talking about at the start is, is huge, but, uh, we all have a place that we like our greatest version of ourselves is looking at us every single day. And we have the option to move towards that. We have the option to move away from that for a long time i moved away from that and that's like and it just became a snowball that you know and you know next thing you know i'm on the floor in bathroom in walmart and the crazy thing about that is like they woke me up and i was like trying to like not like get out of the ambulance just so i wouldn't even be there so I, and i was like I, look i got this on my own like it, the n- denial that we can be in is just so thick that, you know, it'll smother us for sure. So, uh, so yeah, but we all have, you know, I'm sure you're familiar, familiar with Ram Dass, right? And he said like, uh, this is all just grist for the mill of our own awakening. Every single thing that we go through is, is the criteria given to us to awaken at any point in time. Now, like my criteria was super heavy and graphic and, uh, but at this point now, I wouldn't wouldn't trade it. I wish I, I wish it happened like ten years ago, so I'd have a little more time. <laughs> but yeah, it's cool. If I could go back in time, you know that question, like, what would you tell your younger self? And I'd be like, don't drink, like, just stay away. Like, I don't know. I yeah, wouldn't even my tell younger myself self to not listen. drink. Well, but I would have. Yeah, I would have potentially had a conversation with myself about about drinking and about the unhealthy relationship that I had with it, you know, about maybe where that was coming from or potentially what was going on. Cause I wasn't aware. I didn't understand what it was, was going on with me, you know, why would you be? Yeah. Especially when you're young. And, um, so I want to kind of transition a little bit into finance and okay. what it is you do today. So I'd really kind of like to start with like, what was it about finances that drew you in? I mean, were you always really interested in finance? Is this always like, no, not really. I mean, I was just like at the time, then I, I went back, I came to Nashville 2016 and I started to, and I'd already actually had been an entrepreneur 
uh, like my first business was with my brother and we started a juice bar here in like 2012. And it was actually a really awesome experience. We had like a, 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 a spot in the local farmer's market, which here in Nashville is like this huge hallway. So, uh, which I mean, it failed miserably, but like, but you know, it's kind of, I realized I didn't want to be making juice for eight hours a day anyways. Uh, so, but like, so 20, so I've always had, I've always had that, that entrepreneurial drive and spirit, uh, spirit, like if anything's going to happen, I'm going to do it on my own. So like, you know, but so once I, I came back, I, I started to get on my feet. I was working, I was living in a halfway house, didn't have a driver's license. There's like 16 dudes there. The people, the place was filthy. And so I was like, if the sun came up, I was, I was gone. And then I was back at like 10 when I had to be back and I'd, you know, go to, go to a meeting, like an AA meeting or something like that. And the whole other time I was uh, like either at the gym doing yoga and eventually got a job, a construction job here from an, a dude in recovery, gave me a job, which is, which was great. And then I finally started to get uh, back on my feet and ha- get my own place. And then I was like, God, there's gotta be more life than, than this. Right. Like, you know, and so then I started like, uh, and it was just this chain of events, you know, I, I found different entrepreneurs, like, and then like started listening, like Jim Rohn and like Les Brown, what I really did to kick this off was completely consciously like, dude, I'm going to just brainwash myself with motivational, like positive. So I'm like, you know, like looking up YouTube motivation videos, which there are millions to choose from. And then just like, I'd go walking because I didn't have a license. And I would just like, I've listened to like every Les Brown tape for sure. And like Les Brown, Tony Robbins, Eric Thomas, like, you know, you name them, especially the ones that were like popular when I was doing this, you know, and like it planted a seed in me that I was like, man, you know, maybe I could do something like, what do I have to lose? Why? Like, then of course I had to figure out what it is I wanted to do, which is a whole different thing. But like the seed was planted and I saw that I saw trading, I saw finance. Uh, I, I was really good at it, you know, at the, you know, I just picked it up fast. Of course, I lost a lot of money to start. I'm not going to lie, but I was like super drawn to it. And I realized like, if I learned this, created something around it, nobody could, nobody could take that like skill and knowledge away from me. And the fact that I had no money was a direct result because I didn't know anything about it. Nobody ever taught it to me you know, it's not in the standard curriculum. And instead of like learning about taxes and finance and investing, we learn about Christopher Columbus and, you know, like all these things that were, are like two, you know, algebra, calculus doesn't really apply to day to day. And I've never had to use it in my business once, but like, so it just became this, uh, this thing of me gaining knowledge, amassing knowledge because at the end of the day, I finally had something positive that like I could put my wrap my imagination around. Like I talked about having our imaginations as a kid, all of a sudden, like I started to dream about stuff and like, you know, people like, you know, Grant Cardone and the 10 X rule. And he's like, dream 10 times bigger. And like, uh, cause the thing, the only thing that really get creates a ceiling for us is our ability to think that high. You know, if you're like, man, you know, how could anybody make, you know, a hundred thousand a year while somebody else's, you know, their goals might be that 
while somebody else is a hundred million, right? Or whatever, whatever it might be. And it's just, uh, it's just an issue of, of thinking big enough. And all of a sudden I was thinking big about my life when all I was, all I had thought about was like, how it's going to get through today, which, you know, and it's like the drama that, that I created around that, whether it was like, even the first time, a few times I'd gotten clean, I didn't really try to see the big picture. And so even today, you know, just living with, with purpose, being of service, like, you know, trying to connect with other people, which I'm doing now, uh, helping other people that are in my, uh, my business and teaching them how they can find some freedom and purpose and discipline more than anything. It's a matter of discipline and not just about finances, but life, like the more discipline we have about what it is that we're doing, actually the more control and freedom that we have you know because you would think that like freedom's like oh i can just do whatever that what i whatever i want and wake up whenever and uh you know just kind of go with the flow which in a way it is but really think of it this way if you're on if you're driving your car or a motorcycle or even riding a bike if you can't control the bike if you don't actually have full-on control of the bike how much freedom do you really have you're going downhill, you're on a mountain bike and you're doing like 30 miles an hour and you don't have control, you have zero freedom in that moment, right? So this is just the path that I'm on currently of becoming more disciplined about the things like now it's just like becomes smaller and smaller and smaller. And it's like, you know, disciplined with time and my food and, you know, content that I see or produce or how much I can get done in a day. And, uh, but it's been, it's been a journey how I started it was, you know, just like opening myself up to the possibility that I could. So, sorry, that was a long answer to that question. But, uh, you know, there's a possibility there that like, if I just thought, and I think this happens to a lot of people in recovery, and it's great, because it's just where they're at, that they end up in, you know, the same meeting, or same group or whatever, and but they've been going there for 15 years, but their life outside of that, you know, still smoking cigarettes, still eating unhealthy, have tons of health problems, you know, drinking energy drinks or watching tons of TV or porn or whatever it would be. And so they have this one facet of their life where, oh man, they got some freedom back from, you know, drugs and alcohol or whatever it might be. But in this other one, you know, it's still, it's just, kind of morphed into these other areas of their life and you know and as a result still haven't been able to picture anything more for themselves and like I couldn't stress enough how just huge that just like writing down writing down what it is that you want and not limiting yourself and then just doing that over and over and over again that's what I started to I started write write down my goals of like and make them and they were just so big that like I wouldn't let myself be like, God, that's just, that's just stupid. Right. I just like kind of stream of consciousness, writing it down. Like, you know, almost like where that come from? Like, Oh, I I'm fluent in Spanish. I'm a New York times bestselling author. I own like 10 houses. I've created a business. I have, you know, am fit and comfortable in my own skin. Just like all these different things. Those are all things that I've, I've written. Maybe I wrote them today. Right. So like some of those, some of them were, but just like, take it from the ether, take it from up there, goes into, goes into your mind, put it down in your head, put it on paper and start to do that. And like, 
that's just that's an exercise that everybody could do uh, after li- listening to this podcast. And there's that. And then the last thing that, you know, we can just, uh, if I could have some practical things that people could do, writing down your goals every single day, don't think about it. It should take about three minutes uh, just on like a, I use like a moleskin and just aim for the stars, no judgment, just pull it out. It might be hard at first if you've never done this before, but just let it flow on, on paper. Like I want to, I, I say it in the present tense, like I'm the best mom that, and I have the, the deepest connection with my kids, or I'm the best dog dad in the world and we travel everywhere and, or whatever it might be. Right. So like there's that. And at the end of the day, I write a victories list. And this is just all the things that I've done in the day that were positive, that were soul driven. Right. So like <clears throat> for me, uh, woke up, woke up at 5 a.m. Actually, it's supposed to be earlier, but it, I, my my phone was on silent. Typically, I wake up around like four, but six, whatever six hours of sleep is, you get a six hour window because that's where I run perfect on. So, uh, but you know, that's a win. I'll still chalk it up as a win. Had a great coaching call with my clients this morning, just straight crushed it in trading, came on here, connected with, with you. It was, an, you know, I've had a great time. Uh, went to the gym, yoga class, take my dog for run, do laundry. These are all like victories. But if I don't write these down, I'm going to end up going to bed and be like, dude, you didn't do anything today. Like, I don't know about it. I'm the type of person that could have just a packed day and go to go to sleep and just feel like, man, just not doing enough. But like when I if I can write it down, this is how I have built. And I would recommend your listeners to start the process of building a better relationship with ourselves, self-esteem, because then you can actually see these positive steps that we're doing every single day to move us forward. So like I didn't just end up like it didn't just happen that I uh, ended up behind a toilet, passed out with, you know, like after after doing dope. Right. It was small, small losses stacked up over a period of time, just losing every single day. And by losing, I meant not keeping the promises I made to myself, doing things that I knew I shouldn't be doing talking to people I knew I shouldn't have been talking to going things, which are really against my inner nature, my true, my best self, my soul driven self that just stacked up in a way over time that created this massive catastrophe. Losses don't happen. Just sometimes tragedies happen for sure. That's part of life, but just losing in life and like having being out of control of, you know, the way, you know, your, your, your health, your physical body, your finances, all these things happen over time. Well, having a huge win, crushing it in your business, feeling the best, like you're the best version of yourself, or at least on the, on the path to getting there happens from, I made my bed this morning. I did my laundry. You know, I took the dog out. I went to the gym. I followed my diet. I read today. I did work on my business. I did a podcast and I mean, that, that would be a great day. That would just be stacking wins and there's nothing huge there. So every now and then you have this massive win and you're just like, yes. And then you can, at least you've written it down. So you could have that moment to yourself to be like, that was awesome. You actually like knocked it out of the park, Clay, you know, and you have that relationship with yourself that like, I'm totally worth winning. Like 
my dreams are worth it because I'm putting in the work and I should win. Well, you're retraining your mind. You know, you're completely transitioning it from one thing to another, um, from a, you know, scarcity mindset to an abundance mindset. And, you know, not even abundance, meaning money by any means, just what is possible, you know, what, what is achievable. And I think it's very underrated, you know, people, especially, I feel like there's so much conditioning around encouraging ourselves and congratulating ourselves and celebrating all of the little wins when it's really when we do that along the way on those little wins, like, yeah, I got up on time today. <laughs> um, you know, or I've made it to that, whatever. Um, or I did that thing. Those are the things that do build up our own self-confidence because they, they build up the trust that we have with ourselves. You know, and every time that we say we want to do something and we don't follow through, there's like a part of that internal trust that gets broken. And over time, we stop believing ourselves. So when we're like, I'm going to get up at this time, there's a part of us that's like, no, you're not. <laughs> right. Yeah. And you not know? just you, like, you know, geez, Fred, how many times have you said that New Year's resolution that you're going to go get a gym membership and quit drinking and take little Billy to baseball? But well, I think it's really easy to talk. And especially I think in, for this, sure. in this culture, you know, I was like listening to a podcast interview um, with an actress from um, Sweden and she was talking about how Americans are so different and that we talk about, you know, first of all, we use a lot of superlatives like this is so amazing. This is so great and wonderful. And, um, but then to how like we're constantly talking about what we're going to do, but following through on that are very different. Whereas kind of, you know, in, in their culture, like they just don't say things unless like they're going to do it. It's just, they're not as free flowing, you know, with, with their style of communication. And she wasn't like putting America down by any means, but she was just talking about the differences between the culture. And that's certainly something that I see all of the time and have been guilty yeah. of myself, of course, you know. Oh, for sure, 100%. Yeah. Definitely. Nobody's outside of that. Um so let's kind of like pause here for just a second because I know that you have time. Um, we haven't even like gotten into talking about your business at all. Is that something that you want to or I want to I, I want to be respectful of your time? Oh, it's all good. I mean, sure, we could talk about it or, you know, it's if, you, if people want to know about my business, you can just go to my in Instagram. But I'm not you know, I, I know you're not coming from that place. I'm not here to pitch anything or. It's not even about that, though. I think it's well, more so about like being able to share with what it is that you're doing now and why mm -hmm. it is that you're doing, because that's a part of the story, too. You know, right. it's not like you're just pitching your business by any means. But well, that's, I mean, that's such a crucial part of it. I feel like we're yeah, kind yeah. of halfway through and not saying that we're going to go another hour, but like just saying, like, I feel like we need to wrap this up with some information about where you're at today if that's yeah yeah doing. yeah for sure and like for me and we were talking about this before and it, it's all good like going over I said if we're just uh, flowing we can go over so don't worry about the time thing it's all good well I want to be respectful so I, I mean I'm oh it's all good <laughs> yeah it's the way it's supposed to be okay cool so yeah you know and I like when I said that you know I'm not here to pitch anything or anything like that which 
my message is my business. Like, you know, they're not two separate things. So, you know, what I'm doing is helping people get uh, financial freedom, teaching them how to trade and then matching them up with different. Hold on. Let me, let's start with like a question. Just so oh, wait, my, so is this, is my this editors, paused? no, it's not paused. Like they'll edit oh, okay. this out, but I just gotcha. want to make it clear where we're jumping back in. <laughs> oh, okay. Cool. Cool. Yeah. So, you know, don't worry about the time. It's all good. I'll go to later class. Okay, so, um, all right, so we're going to get started again. Okay, so you founded the Ronin Forex Group. Can you tell us about what that is and kind of what your mission is behind your yeah. business? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So uh, basically what I do and the message def has definitely evolved, but it's actually really a really cool thing. It's an opportunity for people now, which hasn't been around in the past two years, year, maybe going on two now for like, say, retail traders, somebody who wants to learn about the markets and, you know, is actually like dedicated enough because it definitely takes dedication. But there are different trading firms out there if you can demonstrate that you can manage your risk that you can have a sound trade psychology, which I am really big on teaching people is the discipline and psychology of the markets and trading. If you can demonstrate that you can manage risks, have a sound strategy and psychology, and then pass a test from the firm, there's multiple different ones out there that I help match people up with and mentor them to show them exactly what I did to pass these tests, then you can get funded with capital to trade with. So you know, and you know, they, it's not like they're like, Anna, you did great. Let's just send you a hundred thousand dollars to trade with, but you get login details to their servers. So then you can uh, go on their live accounts and trade for typically around 80% of your profits. So uh, it's a huge opportunity in a way that like, so when I was learning about, you know, different entrepreneurial ways to go about it or like, you know, building a podcast or, you know, selling on Amazon or creating some sort of like, you know, Facebook ads agency, you know, there's tons of different like outlets and even more trainings for people to, to like, you know, show you how to do these things. Uh, this is actually something that you can get, especially with the help. I made some software and some different uh, tools that people can use to expedite the journey it's a very real way to uh, actually make money and have a, have a side hustle or whatever you want to call it. Uh, eventually, you know, quit your job and actually, you know, get trade with a significant amount of capital, but in a relatively short amount of time. So, so just to clarify, and this may be a poor example, I'm not really sure, but um, so my brother, Oh, was a poker player. He started playing poker in college and he started getting really good and he got so good. You know, he was starting to enter like large championships and those kinds of things. And he got a backer who would basically give him all the funds to, you know, attend these events and play these games and all of this. And then he got to take a percentage home. So is that kind of what you're talking about in regards to like, being able to trade for these organizations or, or companies? Is that similar? <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, you know, it, it's, uh, I know you weren't making that kind of connection between like poker and trading, although yeah. for, for most retail traders, that's just what it is, is, you know, gambling, you know, if you don't know what you're doing and don't have like an actual edge and, and can't manage, don't, ha don't have the instructions to manage your risk and 
uh, it starts out as gambling for everybody, you know, just be honest, you know, but like, but, but that's kind but, of like the structure of it. Yeah. To your, like, to your point. So like, think about it this way. There's I just tons, wanted to bring it, make sure it was easy. Right. So there's to tons understand. of like invest investment firms and stuff out there and like different equity groups and stuff where, you know, people put their money and that's where it ends up, but they actually need traders to trade for, you know, those accounts and to create, uh, for the fund, right? So it's basically you're taking a test to be one of their traders. And if you pass the test, then you can trade their capital. So it would be different than like, you know, oh Clay, your trust, you're crushing it in the markets. Let me uh invest X amount of money into you. It's rather actually like Clay, we have this huge amount of capital here. And we need traders, but we you need to pass a test to show us and demonstrate that you know what you're doing and that it would be safe for you to uh, to trade with our capital. If you nice. can do that, we'll give you access to X amount and for a percentage of our profits. So in, so, in your Forex, what it does is you work with people to help them pass that test, that initial like, you know, growth period, I guess, of really learning the business and those kinds of things so that they can be able to go have the responsibility of trading for a fund. Right. Yeah. So like, uh, so with Forex, you know, that means we're mostly trading in currencies like, you know, Euro, USD, Yen, Aussie dollar, whatever it is that, you know, whatever currencies typically I stick with like the, the major ones. And then also some commodities like gold, silver, don't really do too much in crypto. Like, I mean, I, I'm definitely a fan of it, but I, it's not like my specialty. So I stick to the, the major fiat currencies and some commodities, maybe some indices like the S&P 500, uh, Dow, NASDAQ, but typically the most accessible is Forex, at least in my experience. So I, you know, have programs that take people, you know, if they want to just learn on their own and they're a beginner and they just kind of like, let's see what this is all about to, you know, if you want to be mentored by me one-on-one -on -one and, or in a group atmosphere and in that group atmosphere, the people that we bring on are people that are already uh, intermediate to advanced, typically intermediate. They know what they're doing at least. Right. And so then we show them uh, different strategies and more than anything, helping them to get in the right mindset so they can go to that next level because that is such a high ceiling and you know it's not about strategy there's that's a little bit of it but really it's about containing the same emotions that you know greed uh, like be unable to like uh have a trading plan or trading too much it typically boils down to greed though and scarcity so <clears throat> getting those things dialed in giving them some tools and software and uh, trade manager and bots that I created <clears throat> to help them trade, which I, I'm not a coder, by the way, that's my idea. So, uh, but, so I had somebody help us create and design, which we've been using with some really good success. It gives everybody the tools. So if they want to go to that next level, we can, you know, help match them up and guide them, which, which are the best and which aren't because, as you can imagine, there's some that you don't want to do business with as well. So, so in my mind, and I mean, I think that, uh, 
I know that spirituality and even talking about mindsets and, and positive outlooks and these kinds of things are very important to you. And I think, you know, kind of in my mind, I feel like initially I'm thinking like finances and spirituality are like two completely different things, right? Um, obviously in my heart, I know differently, but I feel like for some folks who are thinking about this, I'd love um, for you to just kind of talk about how these things really blend together. Yeah, me. yeah, for sure. For sure. So on my, on my journey, which I'm still on, by the way, forever. you know, it, yeah, forever. So like, but it started out like I was in, you know, just horrible shape, just unhealthy, uh, you know, could bear, you know, I was not, I was not doing too hot. Let me put it that way. So really the first thing where we can get the best results and the most, the fastest results, if we're trying to just like, I got to change everything. I'm like, super inspired by this podcast and I want to be better. You probably don't want to open, open up a trading account because it might not go well, but what you can do is start you, but what you can do is start going to the gym, start running, start really like uh, fueling that energy body that we have in us. And the fastest way to get results and, and, and build self-confidence is with the physical activity. So for me, it's, it was rebuilding my body. Like I said, I was doing construction. I was like, so starting to uh, get healthy in my body where I was, and then uh, came my spirit or uh, my mind, right? So body, mind, I started to rewire everything, listening to motivational speakers, podcasts, reading books, like writing down my goals. And so now body, mind, and then came the spirit part of it. I started to uh, find different yoga teachers and gurus and like different meditation practices and so once that started to stabilize and like all of these, it's, it's not like, it's just like, if we're talking like graphs, it's not just like that. It's like, we're making, at least we're making higher highs and lower highs. Right. So we're doing this. Uh, but once I started to feel better and those things started to become alive again, then it's like, man, oh man, I don't have any money. Right. So like, how can I fix this? And so that was the journey. And that's how they're all tied together is that if I want freedom in my life, I can't overlook the financial side of it because like, you know, I, you could be the fittest dude out there or a girl, but like, you know, if, if your money's out of control or you don't have any and no way to come in, come in and you're still working a job that's like, uh, unfulfilling and you're there all day and a drain, <clears throat> well, you got to fix that. So, but for me, uh, it was, that was, and is the, the path. And if, and this has happened to me before, if I make a lot of money and I'm not ready for it, what am I going to do with it? Well, I'll tell you what I did. <laughs> I blew it. Right. <laughs> I bought like, bought some nice watches and like took some expensive trips and you know, and that was a lesson. So the universe only gives us what we're prepared to handle at the time. So, you know, uh, trading is an area where, where like you could crush it and have some awesome results. Same thing with why people uh, win the lottery and end up, you know, just broke in two years or, you know, pro athletes. <clears throat> because like, there's not that, that maturity, spiritual maturity, I would argue that to actually um, handle that, like, you know, <clears throat> 
like uh you, you see spider-man right you know aunt b and she's like with great power comes great responsibility you know you start making making some serious money it becomes like one hard not to get that ego going and two if you're not responsible with it you're it's it's not probably not going to end well so well requires so discipline it's 100 of discipline right so that's how the spiritual aspect of it it's just a, a facet of life that you know you can't run away from and like you know if if you have the 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 idea that well yeah dude but money's not everything like trust me i know but it's it is something that that you have to deal with and like that that like mindset or like is is a conditioned way of thinking that was put into us a long time ago so like i've i've been like you know i'm still on that path but like uh i'll tell you what when i being somewhat secure and in that aspect and knowing what i'm doing and having a goal and like having a business that's profitable and being able to do these things where it's growing and in the positive instead of the negative is a great feeling and builds me up as a person and because you know my goal is to do good things with it now i've had zero money and been happy but i've had zero money and like been stressed and that's it doesn't get much worse i i so i just took xanax and forgot about it and or drank or whatever you know that was my way of dealing about dealing with it we have so much conditioning around money it's I know for myself, like the past two years, I've had some things come up around money that I just, man, blew my mind in regards to, because my parents, I mean, like totally different, you know, one of them was just kind of, um, I, I would never say like, uh, didn't care about money per se, but it just like, wasn't like, it was just kind of like a part of life, you know, it's what you do, it's what you have. I grew up in small businesses, so And then the other parent was like hardcore, like never has enough, (laughs) you know what I mean? And like what she will do for an extra 50 cents is pretty insane as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) Um, So, but I thought I had surpassed those things in my life. And just in the last couple of years, these conditionings around money have just, they've come out of nowhere and they've blown me away. Um, I think it's so important for us to, the one thing I I should say that I really realized because I was one of those people who, because of the extremities of my mother and the way that she always looked at money and how she chose to work over spending time with us, there was a lot of hangups that I had around money, you know, and like not wanting to have it because I felt like, and it wasn't even that I didn't want to have it. It was just like a grudge I was holding against it. You know, but I never fully understood the impact that that was having on my life and the way that I viewed money, you know, until just very recently. Um, And I think that that's like a huge, such a huge dynamic because like you're saying, like real, real freedom is not just like being able to get up and do whatever the heck you want. Um, I feel like there's like, I start like kind of internally freaking out when I think about that because I need routine and things to keep me. Otherwise I get in trouble. (laughs) Yeah. But I think that, you know, like real freedom is having financial freedom and that financial freedom allows us to invest. 
I mean, like, it's really difficult to take care of yourself and eat well, you know, when you're barely struggling to pay the rent. It's really hard to, you know, find the space to sit down and meditate when, like, you're freaking out about how you're going to pay your bills. You know, like, it's all connected. And we look at it as, like I mentioned in the question, you know, like being disconnected, but it's not, you know, it's, it's all one and the same. Yeah. I mean, having an outlet for like, uh, to be able to go to Whole Foods or, you know, a health grocery store and not freak out about the prices and just get whatever you want, because it's like, this is what I like to eat. That's, that's freedom. Like, obviously like having a nice house and all this other stuff is like, but being able to have access and afford like our basic, uh, things, which are, are human, right. You know, we should, that's how it should be, you know? So like being able freedom to me is like, that is like a huge win and something I can be grateful for every day, the victories, the small wins that it took to get there too. And that is how it should be. But like, if you're freaking out about, you know, where the next meal's coming from and I've been there for sure. Like, <clears throat> yeah. So that's, that's, uh, we need to, it needs to be looked at and, but there's a way out of it. Same thing with like thinking, freaking out about where the next high is going to come from or where the next dollar is going to come from the things you might have to do to go out and get it, you know? And that's where a lot of people are at or, and, and it ends up in like credit card bills and, you know, going into debt and all these, uh, un, you know, student loans or whatever that's still there and you got you know still like back in the mind paying that stuff off is is important and is only going to create more freedom in your life to do what it is that you want to do but uh it's a process the same thing that we kind of were chatting about before this is like realizing that taking care of these things in our business and our life and our what our goals are is a spiritual process and it's like because I don't know if you've ever paid off a huge bill that like you didn't want to pay, but after you did, you're like, did it. I did it. You know, or like you, you don't want to do it. You've been avoiding it. It's a phone call. You just don't answer. And then you'd like, all right, let's just take care of this. And you take care of it. And then it's like done and it's over with. That's like, you know, fueling up that soul driven side and soul driven, the soul driven is like, yeah, you should have done that a long time ago, but we're good. We're good. We're making progress. We're getting there, you know, like, so, um, but it's the things that we don't want to do is like, like I said, staring us in the face. That's like, man, take care of this. Yes. And usually, so, and it, it comes down to physical, mental, spiritual. And then once that is really like, you know, on a trajectory higher then uh, the, the financial plane plane can start to, uh, be worked on. Agreed. Fully agreed. So I have uh, one more question for you before we jump into our lightning round. Okay. And, I'm um, curious about the lightning round. <laughs> so I read that, um, like your group or folks, I can't remember exactly nicknamed you Ronin and that's why your business is called, you know, Ronin. Um, uh, well, so, it's actually backwards is, is actually backwards. Okay. Tell me. I named the business Ronin and then people started calling me that. And I was like, eh, well, that's kind of cool. I mean, you know, so like you can call me clay or Ronin, whatever. Uh, so, but <laughs> so does Ronin have a meaning? Yeah. Yeah. Ronin. Uh, do you know what a Ronin is? 
or was, still is. I feel like I'm kind of cheating because I've looked online. So share with us. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, well, what I remember is like warrior. Right. Okay. So, yeah. So in feudal Japan, right. So people are like, God, oh, feudal Japan, where is this going? But like back in the day with samurais and stuff and they were like super loyal. They're like clans. They're like, you know, would obviously give their life for their clan. Right. So, you, you know, you know, you may know about like the, uh, if, if they're disgraced, you know, they would commit suicide, just crazy stuff. Right. So, but like, uh, there, when somebody like left or was like, went on their own or didn't want to be a part of this, this clan or the rituals or whatever it is they, they were doing, they would go on and be like, what would be called a Ronin, which meant like a samurai without a master. So, you know, which kind of related into like a wanderer, um, you know, almost like a, still a warrior archetype, but somebody who is, doesn't have an allegiance to a certain way or a certain group or a certain, um, you know, way of being and have is forging their own path. And, you know, forging your own path is the, the way of the warrior anyways, right. It's the warrior's journey. Nice. So but that's, that's what, that's what a Ronin was. It's great. There's some great uh, movies and books. And 47 Ronin's a pretty cool one. It came out not too long ago, like 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah. If, if you wanted to kind of get brushed up on that culture and, and, you know, it was, it was just like something that I was thinking of, like, you know, I'd been reading about that uh, kind of history and those people and it just came to me and really fits. And I think anybody could uh, like, internalize that credo of like you don't have to be like oh samurai warrior like what i mean that's but you get you're you could be a warrior in your life like going against your own conditioning the clay way the clay driven way going against that and living towards a higher purpose is the way of of the warrior you know and like that is where you're going to find your true path and it's where at least that's been my experience you know some people might find their path in watching reruns of the office but i doubt it <laughs> but it's so good <laughs> oh right you're like you're like uh damn he knows i'm queued up on season four episode three i'm actually taking a break right now okay thank you okay no i'm i'm a fan of i'm a <laughs> fan of all that no i'm a fan of all that stuff and don't get me wrong and there's no judgment in there but like i might not wake up tomorrow man like there's gonna be a day where i'm not going to 100%. There's very few things that are certain in life, but that, that is right. So this is the last, this morning was, could have been the last one. Right. And so, uh, like it, it's doing, there, there's no time in life for that. I mean, you know, there's a time and place maybe for a little bit, but do you ever watch uh, TV or no. like movies or anything? No, no, I don't, I don't, I don't have a TV. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, so like, if I do, well, like it'll laptop be like, or anything. Uh, well, I mean that this is a, a you know desktop, but like it would be like a, a YouTube video of like Sadhguru, or like you know some sort of maybe entrepreneurial thing, or like a maybe a tw- ten minute Russell Brand clip. I like I like his stuff, but like or at least where he's going now. But like um, other than that, you know, I think. I was thinking about like going and see the, seeing the new bond movie. Right. But I know I'd be like, 
wanting to check my phone, like in a way is like, like I got messages, I've got, you know, people, I've got trades going in the market and yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe it'd be nice. I don't, <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know. I honestly though, I would rather like sit in that chair for like 30 minutes with my eyes closed and like do some sort of, and just enjoy that. But it's it. It's been a lot. Your your listeners like, all right, this dude just crazy. But it's been a long. It's been a long transition. Like I've seen all the classics. You know, I used to love movies. I still do. Like you know, um, it's just where but, it's just where you're at right now. I think that, and there's nothing wrong with it. You know, like you're full force ahead with what it is that you're doing. You're really like focused and passionate, and like there's just nothing wrong with it. I mean, yeah, no, I'm not like defending myself or anything about it. Like, it's just like, uh, I don't, I don't even have time to do it. Yeah. But like, I do that on purpose. Like, you know, my day is just like, um, it's just kind of like, on, you know, just knocking things out, like in a good way. And it's just like, I don't even know where I would uh, fit the time in there, you know? So like, but that's the life of, of an entrepreneur. I mean, at least uh, it's been my experience, but I'm trying to win. So if you want to win, like, you know, like I'm trying to just make it happen on a, on a, on a level that's, that's massive and uh, office reruns aren't going to get me there. Like, you know, I'm not a huge, I'm not an Elon Musk fan. I'll just say that, but he's probably not, he might be watching office reruns, but like, you know, some of these big entrepreneurs, they're not doing that. I mean, unless I'm completely wrong, but, you know, I'd assume Tony Robbins doesn't, isn't like, you know, watching, I don't know, TV. Maybe he, if he does, he's like scheduled it out like a month in advance. His, his uh, assistant's like, well, Tony, you know, today's your uh, movie day. Well, he talked about, um, and we're totally getting off course here. So yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's all good. I mean, um, if, if people have hung on, if, if they've hung on this long, they're like, you know. Yeah. No, Tony things. talked about how um, he was really hardcore until he met his wife and that she was just like, like he had like not ever had, I can't remember what, there was like a story about how he had like never had like, or I shouldn't say never had, but like hadn't eaten ice cream in like 20 years or something. She was so really? hardcore. Yeah. And she was like, no, you're going to have some ice cream because ice cream's fun <laughs> and good. <laughs> right. Because ice cream's fun. That's true. That's true. Um, and so like she helped him to kind of like even out a little bit from his like Tony, you know what I mean? Like being hardcore about everything, but yeah, I just feel like there's different seasons in our life. Like I've been that entrepreneur who did absolutely nothing, but be an entrepreneur for many years. Like I've been through those things and then I've like gone out of whack and like come back and like balanced. And, you know, as we get older and as we change and we go through different periods in life, you know, like certain different times call for different things, you know? And, um, to each their own completely. Maybe I need some, uh, some yen in my life. Like Tony, (laughs) she'll bring in the ice cream. Like, here you go. (laughs) Well, I'd be like, man, I had ice cream yesterday, but okay. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, that's good. See, you're still yeah. balanced. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's not TV. Maybe it's just ice cream. That's cool. <laughs> but it was like half a spoonful. Oh, no, I'm, just, no. I'm just kidding. I no, I didn't say. have ice cream yesterday. <laughs> I had a Klondike bar on a boat two days ago. And the guy, one of the fishing guides was like, we have some ice cream bars in there. And I was like, sure, I'll do it. That was it. Yeah. yeah. Eat for ago. me. I'm lactose intolerant. So I can't have like a lot of those things, even if I wanted them. So, well, I am, I think I am too. Like if I do, I can't like do like a whey protein. It destroys me, but like the ice cream, it's all right. I can dabble into the dairy. <laughs> all right. You ready for the lightning round? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. If, if any list, listeners hung around for this, like you're a champion. <laughs> For sure. Okay. So these are quick answers and I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to move on when we're finished with each one. Okay. 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 So first question, what is the one habit that you can't live without? Okay. Wait, wait. So the the screen just kind of, okay. One more time. What is the one habit that you can't live without? Uh, I would say yoga. Um, okay. Number two, what does spirituality mean for you? Oh man, you know, this is going to be a 10, 20 minute answer, but I would just say striving to be the best version of myself every day. That's like perfect. Not 10 minutes. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, if, you know, if you want to go on, you know, we can sketch <laughs> another episode. It'll be part two, his second answer of the lightning round. Um, okay. Number three. What is your advice to anyone who's looking to find their purpose? Uh, definitely, it's going to be all right. Like, you know, if you're listening to this, like you made it this far. You know, you may have not been through the same stuff I went through, but you're here. You've been taken care of well enough to be listening to a podcast right now. So, like, just keep going and know that, you know, God or the universe has got your back, even if you don't believe that's true. And maybe one day you'll come around. <laughs> if you don't, that's fine too. That really doesn't matter. But we're taken care of in a bigger way than we think. Okay, last question. It's a big one. Ready? Uh, I don't know. That look, I'm like, I don't know, man. That's about, uh, <laughs> what you got? Um, what is the best place for people to connect with you online? Oh, okay. All right. Uh, my Instagram. So it's just my name at clay.b.hodges. Like, you know, I have website and uh, all this, all a bunch of different places to go, but that's like, you have a link tree and you got different uh, places to, you know, different links in there. And I have a free telegram community. If you are interested in trading, <clears throat> the best place is to join our free telegram and I send updates and, you know, it's all market related. So, you know, if you want to just Hit me up on Instagram. I do get a lot, quite a bit of messages, but I will get back to you. Uh, and it, it is actually like me and not an admin answering those. Uh, just be like, man, I heard you on Anna's podcast and, you know, I, I thought it was great. And this is where I'm at. And feel free to hit me up. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Clay. And yeah, yeah, yeah. What a really journey. Appreciate it. <laughs> for sure. We'll have to it's have fun. you back. <laughs> yeah, no, anytime for real. Yeah, I'd love to. All right.
right, folks. So if you were inspired by today's interview, make sure to find us on YouTube and leave a review. Be sure to check out the Soul Driven Collective or sign up to for the email list to receive podcast updates and helpful resources. And don't forget, when we invest in ourselves, the world benefits. Until next week.